0: Welcome to How to Read the Bible. This is Nate Claiborne again, your host with Benjamin
1: Kant, as always. Hey, Nate. How are we doing today? Doing well. Looking forward to finishing up Job, and Job 42 is such a rich chapter.
0: It is. It is. And we we mentioned last week when we did Job 38 that we were going to do two weeks on the end of Job. Um, If listeners are interested in the middle chapters that we're not really going to touch on as much... um, Josh Kessler and I talked about them in our Job intro podcast, so we'll mm. just have a link to it in our show notes. Uh, but we're going to focus on just 42 today. So, mm-hmm. um, Ben, why don't you go ahead and read 42 for us? It's it's a relatively short chapter
1: given what's come before it, but there's a lot here. Yeah, absolutely. Well, as I'm reading this, I want to uh, invite our readers to pay attention to some things. Um, one is, is that th- an, an art form of biblical writers is what's called an inclusio. In other words, um, we would think about it as bookends, uh, that there's things going on at the beginning of the book of Job that are going to be repeated and uh, we're going to see them again at the end of the book of Job. And so um, another example of that is is Matthew, the gospel of Matthew. In, in chapter one, we get the promise that Emmanuel would come, God with us, right? And then the Gospel of Matthew ends with Jesus's promise that he says, "I will be with you always" to the very end of the age. Mm. And so there's an inclusio there. There's there, we're supposed to pay attention to how this book begins and ends. And so as we're reading, as I'm reading Job 42, pay attention to it in light of chapters one and two, um, the the beginning of this book. So here's Job 42. Then Job answered the Lord and said. I know that you can do all things and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. Who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? Job's quoting the Lord there. Therefore, I have uttered what I did not understand, things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Here again, he's quoting the Lord. Here I will speak. I will question you and you make it known to me. And Job's response is, I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eyes sees you. Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. After the Lord had spoken these words to Job, the Lord said to Eliphaz, the Temanite, my anger burns against you and against your two friends, for you have not spoken of me what is right, as my servant Job has. Now, therefore, take seven bulls and seven rams and go to my servant Job and offer up a burnt offering for yourselves. And my servant Job shall pray for you, For I will accept his prayer not to deal with you according to your folly. For you have not spoken of me what is right as my servant Job has. So Eliphaz the Temanite and Bildad the Shuhite and Zophar the Namathite went and did what the Lord had told them and the Lord accepted Job's prayer. And the Lord restored the fortunes of Job when he had prayed for his friends. And the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Then came to him all his brothers and sisters and all who had known him before and ate bread with him in his house and they showed him sympathy and comforted him comforted him from all the evil that the Lord had brought upon him and each of them gave him a piece of money and a ring of gold and the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning and he had 14000 sheep 6000 camels 1000 yoke of oxen and 1000 female donkeys he had also seven sons and three daughters, and he called the name of the first daughter Jemima, and the name of the second Keziah, and the name of the third Karen Hapuk. and In all the land, there was no, there were no women so beautiful as Job's daughters, and their father gave them an inheritance among their brothers and After this, Job lived a hundred and forty years and saw his sons and his son's sons four generations and Job died, an old man and full of days. Thus ends the book of Job. <laughs> finally come to the end. So, Nay, as I read that, what, what strikes you? What kind of leaps off the page? Well, I, as you were reading,
0: I was looking at this word in verse 11. Mm-hmm. Uh, they showed him sympathy and comforted him for all the evil mm-hmm. that the Lord had brought upon him. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking back to the beginning, mm-hmm. and if we remember from chapters 1 and 2, a lot of what is classified here as evil were things God gave permission to Satan to do, Mm. I think. Uh, I'm thinking through things. Satan asked if he could sift Job like wheat, if we want to use another Mm -hmm. biblical phrase, and God gave him the go-ahead. But now here at the end, um, it's attributed in some ways to the Lord, um, and Satan's not even mentioned at all. There's no... You mentioned the whole inclusio element of Mm -hmm. things at the beginning, things at the end. We have restoration with Job and his friends. Mm -hmm. We have Job... Being a priest again, like mm. he was at the beginning, we have him, his family restored, his fortunes restored, uh, and Satan's just not even mentioned. There's, there's no like God telling Satan, "Told you, he was a righteous man." Nor is his wife, which is interesting,
1: right? <laughs> his wife
0: is not mentioned, but I, she's here by implication. I'm assuming it's the same wife <laughs> having that, children, <laughs> having the, having more children. <laughs> that makes sense. Um, I did look at the word evil. It, it has a I don't know that we want to get into it in is too it much ra-ah? detail. It is raah. Okay. Um, and so it also means more disaster than evil. calamity. Calamity. Uh, it's a very uh, popular word it, in the book of Ruth, mm-hmm. it comes up often, mm. and it comes up in the book of Jonah, mm. to use two other narratives where it's kind of a key word in the story. Mm-hmm. Um, so in a certain sense, the Lord did bring disaster on Job by allowing Satan to do things mm. to Job. Mm-hmm. Um, Evil feels a little strong sure. in, the, in some sense, but we did talk about the problem of evil last mm-hmm. week. So that's that's kind of what just jumped straight out to me.
1: Yeah, uh, well, and it's significant to to say that as you noticed, Satan's not here. The or we should say the accusers not here. Mm. That begins the book, um, which begs a question, right? Where did he go? Did did he is he not there because he's got his tail between his legs and he got spanked uh, he lost the bet if you will yeah <laughs> job um, you know the Lord removed this hedge of protection and job never denied the Lord uh, even in all of his wrestling um, and so that's significant and and even the way in which it ends with all the evil that the Lord had brought upon him is significant that that the Lord is is taking some sense of of agency or responsibility for the calamity and and the disaster that was brought to Job's house, so much so that this you know uh, indirect party, um, this this secondary cause, if you will, mm. Satan is no longer named anymore. Yeah, um, and it somewhat reminds me of either Joseph, you know, what what you intended for for evil, God intended for good, um, or in as we spoke about last time, Peter when he talks about you know who you. The, what the Romans and the Jews did in conspiring against Jesus, God actually predestined for, ordained as the way in which He would bring about uh, good to to the world, and so I think there's significance to that too. Yeah,
0: it reminds me of a, one of the things that's been most helpful for me in thinking through not not that we're here to solve divine sovereignty and human responsibility on mm-hmm. in one 15 minute podcast, uh, but I remember it's our our own theologian in residence, uh, Dr. Mike Allen, brought this up in a class one time of. Uh, people tend to think of actions as a zero-sum game, mm. which, for to kind of clarify for listeners, Ben and I are sitting in, in this podcast studio, and so if we were to both go open the door next to us, in a zero-sum game, it would mean the more effort I use, the less effort Ben uses, and vice versa. Mm-hmm. But there's only 100%, and we're dividing it up between us. Mm-hmm. And when we think of actions, because we have a two-tiered cosmology, we have a creator, and we're creatures, Uh, We don't have to think of actions as a zero-sum game between Mm -hmm. me and God. So Mm -hmm. to the extent that I will something, that takes away God's willing of the Mm -hmm. thing. It's Mm -hmm. a, I can 100% mean something for evil, and God can 100% intend something for good, like you mentioned in the verse with Joseph. Mm -hmm. And they don't override or cancel each other out to some extent. I mean, God obviously has the trump card, but...
1: Yeah. Well, and I've heard it, you know, I said, I think last week's podcast... um, that God can draw straight lines with crooked sticks. Mm, Uh, So he can use these things in a a profound way that we don't understand, nor could we actually pull that off. Um, Another way I've heard it said uh, is God's free and I'm free, but God's more free than me. Um, A little rhyme to to talk about how that compatible relationship between God, God's will and human wills uh, works together. Um, I think looking at Job 42, Taking it kind of step by step is important. The order matters, mm-hmm. and you can kind of order it in three R's. Okay. The first R is repentance, and then reconciliation, and then restoration. Um, and interestingly, this is those are three really important R's for uh, any like interpersonal conflict mm-hmm. that goes on. So Job begins with uh, everything shifts for Job by an encounter with God. I think that that's significant because think about even Paul, for instance, goes from murdering Christians. Everything shifts when God, when Jesus encounters him on the Damascus road, right? There, there's this, there's something about um, the external circumstances in many ways don't change for Job before he repents. Mm-hmm. Um, repentance preceded restoration. It's not like God hooked him up and he was like, okay, fine, I'm done. I'm, d- I'm done complaining. Yeah. It was, as he says in verse five, I had heard of you by the hearing of the ear, in other words i had i had notional knowledge of you I had concepts of you i'd heard about you i'd i 'd had some awareness of what you were like I knew of you I had knowledge of you in in one sense, but now my eye sees you mm-hmm. now there's a there's a different level of knowing that's happening here there's a an, a personal knowing a, a personal encounter an experiential knowing, and that makes all the difference. To where Job's willing to say, "Therefore, I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes." Yeah. But interestingly, the Lord doesn't accuse Job of sin. Mm-hmm. So, so, so there's some sort of repentance happening here that's different from Job saying, "Hey, I was sin, I was sinning. Will you forgive me, Lord?" It's I'm changing my whole view on this. It's, yeah, it's almost like the New Testament word for metanoia for repentance, right? A, a change of the mind. Of I sorts. was just
0: looking at it to see it's it's actually the word Naham, which we get Nahum from, mm. um, that can also mean comfort. Mm. Uh, so it could be therefore I despise myself and am comforted
1: mm. in dust and ashes, which is what he wanted all along. Job yeah. Job is w- wanting comfort from friends, from the Lord, from somewhere. Uh, in his in his calamity,
0: yeah. So, I, yeah, it's it's interesting that he he gets more that we we may have mentioned this last week. He gets more than he bargained for mm-hmm. in his encounter. Yes, it that's is right. devastating, uh, in a good way maybe yeah. to some degree. But he's, um, I'm sorry, I questioned you. Mm. I will now find comfort in the dust and the ashes, which is his. He's accepting his. This is this is what I've got now. So it's like it is repentance in that sense, and it's uh, he doesn't have to change anything mm. necessarily, but he's accepting. Okay, this is yeah. I I don't know if he's saying I deserve this sure. or I will be content with this or I'm comforted in this. I,
1: I I I don't have anything else to ask of you, God. Yeah, right. And then once he gets to that point, we get to the second R. Mm-hmm, that's right. And so he moves from repentance, and this precedes the reconciliation uh, that we see between the Lord and Job's friends. And so Job's friends really were some of the most, uh, you know, they were some of the ways in which Job was most afflicted in this story. Mm. Because he's not only is he, he has had physical, financial, relational, emotional, um, I mean, almost any kind of disaster, any kind of human suffering and pain you could imagine, he's experienced it. But, but maybe none of them was as challenging for him as a moral accusation constantly being brought against him by his very own friends. Kind of an et-tu-brute, et, et right? Like the people that are supposed to be closest to me are the ones that are against me and challenging me. And so he is vindicated by the Lord here um, because the Lord actually shows up and speaks to Eliphaz um, kind of the representative of the three three friends, and says, hey, listen, you were wrong. Job was right all along. In Insofar as even their accusation against Job was that he was being a fool, hmm. that that everything he said was folly, that he surely was a sinner and, and deserved this because the Lord is just and would never do this to somebody who didn't deserve it. And so the Lord actually uses the exact same word. He says, I will accept Job's prayer not to deal with you according to your folly you're the fools in this. Job was actually the one who spoke right of me. So I think an application of this is there ought to be some fear and trembling when we speak and say, thus saith the Lord. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when we say this is God's way of doing X, this is God's candidate in this political election. This is God's whatever it might be. You, you're, you're kind of stepping into really dangerous territory because God himself might show up and say to you, uh, you have not spoken of me what is right. My servant Job did though, um, and so the second R, the first R was repentance. The second one is reconciliation, but it's reconciliation um, based on a priest, based on a mediator. Job has to step in and actually pray for his friends that the Lord would forgive them for their folly, that he would that he would uh, not essentially give them what they do, what they deserve in this. And so Job's playing this priestly role their sacrifice being made. Mm. He's interceding on their behalf. He's very much so like Jesus in this moment, mm-hmm. um, which is maybe the highest praise you can give to somebody. Right, right. Yeah,
0: it, it's it, it's interesting too, as we think about this, looking down at verse 17 at the very end, this, this is one of the markers that helps us date it to the patriarchal area. Mm. Um, and so, there's a sense in which... The, what you
1: mean is around the same time as Abraham,
0: right? Right. So there isn't a priesthood. It's it's really just the head of the household, kind of functionally, as the priest. Yeah. Um, there's but, no temple. There's, there's no, no tabernacle. temple. There's no sab- There's no
1: ta- There's no sacrificial system in the sense of Aaron or the Levites or Yeah. yeah. That's helpful, and 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 so Job plays this priestly role. Uh, he we know from from Adam and Eve that. Uh, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. And so, because the Lord clothed them with the skins of an animal mm-hmm. to cover their sin. And so there's this knowledge that sacrifice, that killing bulls and rams here is what's required to cover what they've done wrong here. And Job plays that priestly role, stands in the gap, if you will. The very thing he longed for with him and in, in the Lord, he's doing for his friends, which is significant. Yeah. Um, and then we get to the third R here, which is there's repentance, there's reconciliation between him and his friends, and then it says in verse 10, and the Lord restored, there's our third R, the fortunes of Job when he had prayed for his friends. So in other words, the Lord isn't going to give him all the external kind of restoration of his health, his his wealth, his family. His He doesn't get all of that stuff back until there's a true internal kind of restoration uh, Reorientation that happens in his repentance, but then there's this relational reconciliation with his friends that has has to happen, and then finally these these kind of physical or um, financial or even his familial restoration that happens it comes last mm-hmm. um, because I think God is ordering this. He's he's restoring. He, he's working in a way that that's important for us to pay attention to. Repentance precedes reconciliation, precedes restoration. Mm-hmm
0: and th- there's another way as you're as you're saying this i was kind of visualizing it of um we can look at these 3r's as reconciliation res- rep- repentance reconciliation restoration we could also look at it as three l- waves of reconciliation first job is reconciled to god mm. he's now in his proper relationship to god mm-hmm. then he's reconciled to his friends mm-hmm. then he's reconciled to his family and to his wider yeah. Community. And I think that's why verse 11 has He came, then came to him all his brothers and sisters, and they had bread at his house. So it's, he's now not isolated and off with his friends mm-hmm. who are afflicting him in ways they don't intend. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just, it's restoration. So you, it's almost like all three R's work. Yeah. In multiple ways. Because you could do you could do the same thing with restoration. Job and mm-hmm. God are restored, Job and his friends are restored, Job and his
1: community are restored. That's right. Which when I read this, I'm like, hey, where were his brothers and sisters earlier? <laughs> like, yeah. Why now do you just show up? And yeah. And I think the answer to that is um the Lord was doing work. He was he was willing to do the inner work on Job. That that was worth it to him. In light of all of this uh and that, that's an approach to the problem of evil like we talked about last time which is which is the the kind of soul forming aspect of, of mm-hmm. facing disaster and evil um so here's the thing we've we've got this last paragraph where basically everything is kind of doubled for job right mm-hmm. even down to um you know psalm 90 we we hear moses telling us that the 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 normal lifespan of a human being is about 70 years Job lives 140 years. That's double the average life. Uh, in other words, he is restored, kind of twofold, everything that he lost. But in in a way, when we become, when we take this, we imagine ourselves empathetically in Job's shoes. That's not enough, right? Like he still lost ten of his children. He still misses those daughters and sons that have died. He still feels the pain of what happened. Um, this is a, a kind of a fastball or a curveball, I guess, but how do you how do you handle that, Nate? Like what do you hear in that? It's it's really hard to fathom in some
0: sense. And it's to some degree. It it almost is one of the things that makes it seem fairy ish, mm, mm-hmm. of just sort of like it's a little too neat to get twice as many as before. Mm-hmm. It, it, ha- like, if we're just thinking sheer time scale mm-hmm. in this last paragraph, like the l- length of time it covers is more than the entire book. Yeah. Of to have that many sons and daughters. That's right. We're, we're talking about at least, at least ten, 10 years. At least <laughs> 10 years, yeah. Um, and it's just compressed into a single sentence mm-hmm. and it's just sort of illustrating his restoration in the most grand ways possible. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a, I think anyone who has kids would know just having more children to replace children that have passed on. It it, it's not, it's something, it's not a true replacement, but it's not a consolation prize mm-hmm. either. It's not like, good job, Job. You did, you did well at the suffering. Yeah. Here's some new kids to replace the old mm-hmm. ones. Like it's, it's not that neat. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think he's the sense of loss of what he experienced in the first chapters will probably still be with him, mm-hmm. but he'll appreciate what he's gained in a different way, yeah. having gone through the sense of loss first.
1: I think that's well said. The last thing I would say is that what made all the difference here was surrender. Mm. Job surrendered to the Lord and said, I know that you can do all things, period. <laughs> right? Like, I know that you are bigger, better, greater than me. And, and so why I think surrender is the right word is because... A surrender that's military language. Mm. You don't surrender until after a battle, typically. And so the book of Job is a it's a wrestling match. It's a it's a battle between Job and, and the Lord. And and so Job eventually waves the white flag and surrenders. Um, and as he surrenders, uh the Lord then meets him in new ways that he could never imagine. Mm. And I just think there's something so powerful about that image of of surrender, of of our wills contesting against God's will, um, and and that we have this picture of Jesus in the garden who says, "All things are possible for you, Abba Father. Uh, not not my will, but yours be done." This this picture of surrender, but it's after he agonized in prayer. Mm-hmm. Um, Hebrews tells us that Jesus cried out with loud screams. That there's this agony of wrestling with God. That is the you know the name of God's people, Israel, right um, that precedes the surrender that job models for us, and so I think that the job book of Job is teaching us lots and lots of things, but that's certainly one of them, yeah. is that wrestling with God is right and good, and surrender is the goal that's mm. that's the end but it but it doesn't happen on the front end. it happens on the back end of of wrestling of fighting, of warring,
0: yeah. Well, I can't think of a better way to wrap that up than just to land at that point. So it's been a pleasure, Ben, talking through the end of this book and look forward to next week. Looking forward to it. Thanks, Nate.